for lunch today? Just checking today, out. I had, um, what did I have for lunch? I can't remember. Oh yeah, I made a omelette. I had omelette. Very nice. If Marcello Bielsa was a food stuff, what would he be? <laughs> God, that's a good question. It's more about the football, isn't it? And they, they're actually winning things. But something really solid but tasty. Maybe a simple, um, some sort of tomato pasta that's got a really nice taste to it. Yeah, and that's more or less what I had for lunch. Cheesy tomato pasta. Because, Tom Palmer... You mentioned Marcello Bielsa in one of your many books. <laughs> Thank you to Marcello Bielsa at the end of Teamwork. Do you think he can actually make a cameo in some of these books you're writing? I reckon he'd say yes. I'd love to. I, it's funny, I sent him that book. He replied and just to say thank you and that to mention I'd thanked him. And um, within three days, including a match day, I had a reply and a signed, signed photograph. So he's a legend. He's so... Um, He's so good with the fans. That's why we all love him. Tim Rich has um, written this book, The Quality of Madness, about Bielsa. And Phil Hay, as we yeah. speak, has just brought out his version. Uh, you would have read Phil for years. Do you read him in The Athletic? In, well, no, I'm more like... Um, I used to read him in The Evening Post. and then uh-huh. on. Um, but I follow him on Twitter and he's great. But he I've read him The Athletic. You have to pay, don't you, so... Yeah. But I've read some of the ones that are free, but... I, I think he's great, and he's he's very reliable when it comes to transfer speculation. Mm-hmm. He's got yeah, he's probably Victor Orta on speed dial, and also yeah. he's a uh, yeah, he's got the Phil Hay show on the Athletic, which is the Leeds United podcast, and you're you're finishing the top ten this year. Um, now yeah. you've got an England international up front, and an England international in the midfield, and a future French international in goal. This is this is the Revy era, but in your lifetime. <laughs> Direction. I hope uh, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, so do I, but I don't know. I really love it that we're in the top flight again and B, that we, we're playing such good stuff. It's, it's good to watch. Like, you know, I've watched it all through the years and I remember the George Graham period and the, the wilderness years and this, this, is, this is joyous. Not unlike, in some ways, although tactically much more astute, but not unlike um, under O'Leary, which was brilliant, flowing... Football and but obviously O'Leary is in the same league tactically as Bielsa. I've just decided to put this out just before Leeds play Watford. Obviously, it's not going to finish six-one. Leeds are not going to be down to nine men. I've already mentioned that I was at that game. Yeah. Warnock is a insert. Um, yes. Yeah, that one. Leeds against Watford uh, because we're coinciding. It'll be the seventh book in the series, right? Season three. Yeah. Of Roy, of, I'm sorry to do this to you. Does it not make it feel like some kind of bizarro world that you, Tom Palmer, are writing Roy of the Rovers? It does, and it's it's when he phoned me. Like I got I got recruited. I got he phoned me up. Like the guy who was the editor at the time phoned me and said we we wanted to know if you're interested in the project. Would you like me to tell to know more about it? And I said yes, please. And um, he said, well, we're, we're doing some fiction for Roy of the Rovers and we'd like you to, to write it. And it's, I mean, it is, it's like getting picked for England, isn't it, as a writer, frankly. That's, it, it just felt brilliant. And I loved doing it because I did, as a reluctant reader, I did read Roy of the Rovers comics. And to be actually writing it now is, um, 
is a joy. And I love it. And particularly, even more so, I love writing Rocky, which is even even more fun than Roy. Yeah, which is, th- this is the breakout star of the Roy of the Rovers books, which have been uh, rejuvenated. I spoke to Barry Tomlinson and I did ask him, oh, who's looking after Roy now? Uh, someone else. But I think you're doing Barry a really good um, heritage because Barry used to be Roy's agent, as you know, yeah. and has yes. written has written the book Roy of the Rovers stuff. And these are, as you say, it's for reluctant readers by an ex-reluctant reader. They are 15,000 word books with sketches. So it's almost a comic in reverse. Is that a fair, yeah. fair to say? For children's book fiction, it's quite heavily illustrated, which is good. Although you do, I mean, it, the, the, it goes novel, graphic novel, novel, graphic novel, because there are graphic novels. And me and, uh, and Rob Williams, the graphic novel writer, we alternate the story, so we sort of share it. Mm-hmm. So, and we, we've done that obviously because it's a way of appealing to reluctant, reluctant readers. But yeah, but but interestingly, the, the first six are fifteen thousand, but book seven is thirty thousand words because we're Judas. making them older. Yeah, it's like Little Mix uh, doing some sexy songs on their third or fourth album because they think the audience will age up. They are, yeah. I should say, they are for people that are over seven. They are for 33 and a half year olds as well. I devoured three of them. I found them just over there in Watford Central Library, books two, three and four. And I want to read five where something has happened to Roy. I'm not going to be stupid enough to give things away. But the one that will interest me is the sixth one. Rocky has been given a standalone book and that made national news. And I, I love what you've done with Rocky. Do you get inside the mind of a 12, 13, 14-year-old girl by doing some field research? I mean, I, I have a daughter who's 17, so um, I've, I've you know, spent a lot of time with a, a teenage daughter, and, and that's helped, but she's nothing. They're not, they're not the same person, but I suppose it, it's helped. I suppose, I, I don't know, I read a lot of children's fiction, and I go into a lot of schools and meet a lot of, of young people, people said maybe it comes from there but also rocky is drawn for me quite strongly from um, from a character from an australian soap that we used to watch and she's kind of based a bit on her to be honest all right i won't ask who but neighbors has just celebrated 35 years bella from home and away oh right oh and we're talking actually at 10 past five in the afternoon isn't that the time that home and away used to be on or was it neighbors at five and then Home and Away at 20 to 6, I can't remember. It's a long time ago. She's a strong, sort of feisty character, um, but she has things that worry her, particularly like her father, etc., etc. Ah, yes, because that is one of the key plot points. Um, I think one of the things you do is you advance character from book to book, because we know that Roy and Rocky's dad um, had health troubles which render him mute. Um, Is that... This is a stupid question. Is that to make the dialogue easier for you? So that if, <laughs> as an author, it's a, it's a horrible question. You know what I mean? I do, and it kind of makes it interesting because I suppose you have to be more aware of body language and gesture and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But to, to be quite honest, it's um, that's what happened to my dad when I was Roy's age, and it's just, and I've been reliving it through Roy. And when when we had the first meeting about. Roy, when we were deciding on the novels and the graphic novels, it was like we need we need a strong personal life. So we we, we developed Rocky 
as as an annoying sister who's mm-hmm. become so 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 much more and a dad who was ill and that that was the plan before I even got involved and so I was like please can we give him this please can we give him the same as what what my dad had and and they were really keen for me to do that and for me it's meant a lot because I've been able to explore Roy as a carer Roy as someone whose dad's terminally ill and as as we'll see in the future Roy who has to deal with oh no oh please don't I know you can't can you just keep him comatose don't kill him well, it's not killing him, is it? It's, oh. it's, oh, well, you don't want me to tell you, do you? So I'm not. Well, no, no, I don't want any of the listeners to know. We should say every one of your football books. There are six football academy books plus a prequel, five foul play books, which we will talk about in the second half because I'm just so excited about Roy. Roy of the Rovers Official dot com. Uh, you've got your own website um, because you've written a lot of fiction. How far ahead have you storyboarded? I.e., what are you writing now? I'm just about to start writing the book that comes after Sudden Death, which is book seven. Mm-hmm. So, so I'll be writing book eight, and that's going to be from Rocky's point of view because they're going Roy, Rocky, Roy, Rocky now. Um, and this will be um, in the aftermath of a, a dramatic event that you don't want me to talk about. It's all in the books. I think I think I just want your PRS checks or whatever, your your agent's checks. To, yeah. Because you've got a... Uh, the book comes out on September the 30th, or came out. Uh, as we speak. I've actually got Rocco Dean coming in on October the 1st, on Friday, and Rocco has written a similar book about the two seasons of Leeds being in the Championship. Right. Um, which has just come out, so you can relive okay. the bizarre nature. Were you were you watching or were you at the game where Pontus Janssen kicked whoever it was? The Villa, the Villa game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those periods, like those seasons... And I, I went a lot in before we got promoted with with um, Howard Wilkinson and that like years and years of and course, years ago. That's your era, yeah. Yeah, there's as much to remember from those days, like losing, um, what was it, losing away, like getting absolutely walloped away at Scunthorpe and stuff like that. And it, but it's, it's as important in the memory as, as you know, winning the league in some ways because those those days they're part of being a football fan. And I think the older you get over the decades, you don't care as as much about what's happening in the moment, you just you see it all as a as a history of your decades watching a football club, which makes it probably makes it easier to bear, doesn't it, when it's not going so well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, as a Watford fan, I keep saying, without Gino Pozzo, Watford would be where Scunthorpe are. And yeah. now that we're, it was on the BBC website today. Watford were in a post-Troy Deeney era. I have to ask you: Do you remember three nil? Three nil. Do you remember three nil? We're talking Wembley, Cardiff. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, yes. Um, no, obviously not, because I thought it was at Wembley, so no, I forgot that. <laughs> uh, Jay Demerit scored in the playoff final. Darius Henderson, Ashley Young played in that game. Uh, A.D. Boothroyd was the manager of Watford. And two seasons later, no one was turning up because the football was dreadful. Um, will you be able to go into schools to promote this book, Sudden Death, the seventh in the Roy of the Rovers series of novels? Yes, Good. I will. I mean, I, I'm going into a school tomorrow, so yeah. I mean, one one of the things that's really good at the moment is I've I've become Leeds United's um, children's writer in residence. Oh, Mother's Club! I didn't know that. Yeah, and I work with them. I, don't, I should promote it more, really, but I work with them and go into schools with the club, with people from the club, sometimes with the the mascot, and um, 
we do projects and, and stuff like that in the school. We did a project recently at Kirkstall Valley Primary School around the club and around identity of, of all the different people and where their families were from. And it's brilliant. And I really love now that the club are into the community because after Ken Bates came and stripped all that away, Leeds United, there was no community stuff for like 12, 13 years. And now they are really on it. And I really... I'm, I'm as proud of the club for what they're doing now in the community as what they're doing on the pitch. And it's just nice to have a a nicer club again. I know a lot of people don't associate the word nice with Leeds, but it is a nicer club now. We've got decent people there. It's yeah. good. And those people, Victor uh, Orta, who is the transfer whiz, and Andrea Radrizzani, who yes. cajoled Marcelo Bielsa, or God, as some call him, uh, into... Uh, Ellen Rhodes and I think I think Radrizzani is a football man because he's worked so much with football rights management and broadcast that must be such a help to the fans because the fans can get a proper answer for him yeah I think I think when when some you know like like every you know when you lose a game or when something's going a bit a bit wrong or there's a bad patch and you get some fans like bleating on and saying get rid of this get rid of get rid of the owners, get rid of the manager. Get... I think there's more of the fans have so much faith in what, they, what the, the owners and the management are doing that they, it doesn't get like that anymore because they have faith in, in who they are and where they come from. So it's a lot better. It's definitely a lot better and there's less knee-jerk, which is ridiculous, isn't it? After 16 years out of the Premier League to start, you know, to start complaining about a couple of defeats in the top flight, you've really got to... Well, well, you know, who, you know the people who complain about that. The kids, the kids, are used to short-term mummy, mummy, give it me now. Yeah. Two two games in a row, you lose, you're in trouble. But you must think of the long term. Do they want the yeah. managerita back at Elland Road? No. <laughs> exactly. Oh, can I ask, by the way, this chairman in the book, how much of Salino is in that chairman? Because he is not a nice man. Allegedly. No, yeah, there's a lot. There's and but there's there's another there's there's you know another there's the other ones we've had not to not to um, put myself in a legal position but it's a combination of of several with a, with a little bit of exaggeration but maybe not. But he did well at Cardiff. He's doing well at Preston. It's just the goldfish. There's that era of Leeds, the Seth Johnson. Oh, uh, Ridsdale. Yeah. Yeah, Ridsdale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not not actually. No, it's not. I'm not including Ridsdale in that. Okay. I mean, I'm including Bates, to be honest. Yeah. And just the whole... Whereas Rich, Richdale, it was very destructive. I have a lot of happy memories mm. of that. Yeah, I, went of to, that yeah. I, went, I went to see Leeds play away at Real Madrid. You know, I, I did that. And, and that was because of all that. And then it did go wrong for a long time. But it, it, was, it was exciting while it lasted. Those European nights... I went to quite a few and it was... Uh, yeah, the Atmos. Because yeah. when I went to Leeds in 2012, it was just life support. It was horrible. Yeah. I don't even... Yeah. Did you stop going that era? Um, I, um, I, I took my daughter to a few games and it got so bleak, mm. the atmosphere. We started going to rugby because I wanted to go. And my daughter, we, we went to the, the rugby union, the local rugby union and the rugby league for uh-huh. three years. And, and because I remember taking her to a game and... It was so unpleasant, the atmosphere. It was 
it was dark and, and negative and I just didn't want I didn't want that so yes I did the, the glory days are back and um, obviously I hope Watford demolished Leeds United 1-0 with a penalty <laughs> at the weekend but I fear it Bamford is doing great things the Yorkshire PLO um, why is he so good by the way Calvin Phillips what's so good about him uh, it's Bielsa I mean, he was he was a good, solid player before, but his, watching him play for England last night, it's it's astonishing. I just absolutely love him, and but he's he's got. I, I tell you what, I tell you what else is good about him. He's he's grounded. I've met people who know him, and he's 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 grounded. He's he's decent, and um, he's the kind of person we we you know we want at the club. And um, I don't know, and he's just and he's, he's class, isn't he? But I think if you look at all those players, like that we've got, like people like Stuart Dallas as yep. well, and all those other players, where they came from, um, you know what we bought them for, what how they came to the club. They're you know playing in the championship, and and suddenly they're these. Dallas is considered Northern Ireland's best player, isn't he? And and per, and um, the Perlo uh, Phillips is considered. Um, England's best player, mm. sort of, in a way. And I mean, that's arguable, but um, it's amazing that they've come from quite low down to quite high up. And it, it's it's Bielsa, isn't it? It's got I to be. So, uh, Luke Ayling, who came through at Arsenal along with Jack Wilshere, is now your right back, and he Wonderful. is a, he's a super player, obviously Bielsa. But you have to buy in uh, in the in the segue, in as much as uh, Roy Race buys into Melchester Rovers. Um, yeah. How many Melchester Rovers shirts that were available over summer do you own, and does it have one Palmer on the back? I've got. I've currently got two. I've got a third coming, the new one, um, which is coming um, quite soon. And now it says Rocky. It says Rocky Four on it. And, um, <laughs> Rocky but, Four was the one with Eye of the Tiger in it, I think. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that. Yeah. That is wicked, and what a great angle. For the yeah. publishers um, yeah. to to promote, because um, have you seen who the sponsor is on the on the shirt? Oh uh, yes, but I can't remember off the top of my head. It's um, it's National Literacy Trust, which oh, I just oh great, magic, isn't it? Just magic. That is synergy, brand synergy. Roy's mum keeps telling him in the books to get educated. You don't want to be where I am. Would your mum have done that with you? Yeah, although. Yeah, she struggled with me in that respect. But she, she, my mum knew that I struggled with reading for whatever reason, and she encouraged me to read about football. I read newspapers, magazines, including Royal Rovers, and I got into reading through football. And that's what my mum did for me. And she knew that. I think she, she, she believed that reading for pleasure is is the route to doing okay and the route to having some sort of. A chance of happiness as well and she was absolutely right unfortunately she died like when I was 24 so she didn't see any of this but she she knew that reading for pleasure is is a good thing and 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 can help you not you know not become like an Oxford whatever but but just become happy and 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 to give you an give you a chance in life if you read for pleasure and when I'm writing these books I think about that I think about reluctant readers who struggle with reading, but I love football. And I think about these are the kind of books that would have helped me get into reading. And I know what reading has done for me, and that is something I bear in mind when I'm writing. The only shame is you're 25 years too late. I started reading, I remember flinging The Hobbit across the room because I yeah. didn't like it. 
And uh, between the ages of about 11 and 14, I didn't read for pleasure. It was all football manager, championship manager, computer game narratives um, or Super Mario or whatever. But I wish I'd read more at that age, Uh, not because I would have graduated to the greats of English literature. Who are who are the greats of English literature? Whom do you hope that these kids will graduate onto reading? Um. What, whatever they want to, like whatever they be it, be it, um, be it Dickens or be it Robert, um, Robert Harris or be it even, you know, even, even, um, Tolkien, like anything they want to, or be it J.K. Rowling or be it, um, I love, um, I love Rosemary Sutcliffe, the historical writer and just, just whatever they want to read. And I, I, when I often I often get asked who do you think what book would you recommend to all of us and I'd say I wouldn't recommend any book to all of you because you're all different and you've got to match the right reading material book or not book with the right reader and I think that's the important thing and for me it was football but for other people it's different things isn't it? Mm-hmm. Sorry to ask you this. Do you have a sensitivity reader? In what someone of the publisher who just or somebody who checks that I haven't messed up? Yes. And, um, yeah, yeah, I do. Each book's different. So if I'm writing about a historical period, I'll find someone who's an expert on that historical period. Or with with um, my wife reads everything I write, and she query questions a lot of things, and she's made some really good calls over the years. Mm-hmm. But it tends to be in house, as in in my house, that that sort of thing happens. That's brilliant because the big. I'm not saying anything you don't know, but especially among young adult fiction, there is this kind of sinister move um, to make everything correct politically, which is neither fool. And the whole thing about if you're an author who speaks out or allies yourselves with the wrong people, that's not a healthy environment. And I I fear that that is going to creep up from the young adults to adults, because all these kids reading these stories, some of them are brilliant, by the way. They are just kind of, um, they, they, it could be Michael, but they've gone with Muhammad, that kind of thing. Um, it's def- I think you've, de- I think you've definitely got to be representative. And, and when I when I go into schools, I, I I meet a diverse amount of children. And when we write, when we wrote these books, we made sure that there was. There was children from all all communities to, to to make sure everyone was was represented, and and also like to make Rocky a more important um, character, so that when I do go into a school, it's it's not just white boys that I'm writing about. So it, it is it is definitely something that we we have to be aware of because th- we do live in a very diverse country, and so I do. I, I think the important thing for me is to make the books diverse so that over a period of time, like pretty much every community can be, can be represented because then we're going to attract more readers and, and that, that's, that's got to be a positive thing, hasn't it? However, I know what, I know what you're saying. It's, it's, a, it's, I think any author, any author now is going to be, I've been writing professionally for 13 years. There's bound to be stuff that I've written 13 years ago, which, which I don't know, maybe I would have written it. I'd have to go back and read it, but um, we'll, we'll see. But, but I think a lot of authors will be um, questioned on their earlier things. Was it was it a Watford player who wrote a tweet when he was 14? Yeah, it was Andre Bray who was suspended 
I think when he was at Burnley or Brentford, yes. It's difficult, and I think it's how you... When when the time comes when someone challenges me on something, it's how you react to it. You've just got to be open and honest, and, and if you have said something that's not doesn't sound right today you've you've you've, you've got to um, just be open and honest and 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 apologize for it i suppose that's what i think yeah and uh, uh, we won't go into it so much but just if everyone well, wants to google the kate clancy debacle yeah, yeah, yeah. what a load of wow and I, I was really pro what she was doing but unfortunately there are certain adjectives just use others so many words in this language you can make some of them up uh, although you don't they are all words that a seven. I, I, I think it's. I think. I think checking it with people is really important. Like, like I've just done a book about Holocaust survivors, which is dangerous territory. If you make mistakes, that it's, it, it would be deeply offensive. So I made sure that families of Holocaust survivors read it and told me what they didn't like. And and I'm not. I'm not doing that out the, out with commercial. My commercial no, head not on. at all. Because I'm, it I'm has to it. accurately convey yeah. what history was like. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to upset. Like, if if a Holocaust survivor or a descendant of a Holocaust survivor read my book and was offended or upset that I misrepresented a situation, I'd be really upset with myself and and distressed by it. So I do try very hard to make sure I don't make mistakes. I do everything in in good faith. And like I say, my wife's a very good um, sensitivity reader. Excellent. I went to see a production of Fiddler on the Roof. And I said to the director, whom I knew, look, it's brilliant, but one thing, these are Orthodox Jews. You're not to know this, but they cover their elbows and knees. So right. it's very irritating to see elbows in a production right. of Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, I think we're talking on Topol's birthday. He's like 85 wow. today. It's uh, September the 9th, three weeks before the arrival of sudden death. Not Sutton death, sudden death. What do you make of Chris Sutton and his commentaries? I love him. Oh dear, yeah, Bruce. <laughs> he's it's great. Just... He, wrote, he wrote a really good book called "How to Fix Modern Football." That is great. Has he? Yeah, it came out no, last not. year. Originally called "You're Better Than That." It's changed title. And Ian Wright with Musa Akwanga has tried to muscle into your territory. Get out of children's fiction, Wrighty. <laughs> Have you read it yet? Have you heard about it? Uh, I've read it. Oh, well, I don't. I haven't read it. So should it? Embark on the football library shelves along with all your books. I think it's. I think there are a lot of positives in footballers writing books, in that it attracts new readers. Um, I love Ian Wright. I think he's ace, and um, I, I, I really hope the book does well for him. What a very good politician's answer! Yeah. You've been in the game a long time, um, and we'll, we'll talk about more of your books in the second half because. Uh, there are loads of them. What is it like looking after some intellectual property? Is it like Disney or Star Wars or Doctor Who? Do you get old... Maybe you don't get old fans of Roy contacting you. They don't contact me. They contact um, Roy head office. So um, I rarely get anything. But I, I understand there have been some comments made to um, Roy of the Rovers head office. But they, I, I don't... Um, I don't get them directly. Why would that be? You are progressing. You say you're you're making football twenty first century. These are really yeah. well rounded characters that you care about, 
And just beca- maybe because we know what Roy is, but Rocky is new, and I almost care more about Rocky than about Roy. Maybe it's because um, Roy's character is Rocky with a small R, and Rocky's character is progressing like Roy's. Yeah, I think the thing is, I think Roy, because Roy existed before, and Roy is a definite character. He's, he's a good guy. He makes the right decisions. He doesn't get booked. He, he's positive, and he, he's he's always pretty much in control and and that's his character and we can't change that we can't turn him into a you know sort of a a a different sort of a a footballer but Rocky is new we can do what we like with Rocky and I've been really lucky that I've been able to do most of the work developing Rocky and um, so Rocky takes risks Rocky is pretty dirty on the pitch she got sent off Um, she took one for the team She's funny and she's disrespectful to Rock, to Roy and um, you know and I re- I really love writing her and I love writing Roy as well but because he's pre because I have respect to all those people who have written him before we can't turn him into something else we have to keep him as Roy the Rover so I think that's so, smart because yeah. you call him honest and incorruptible that's boring. In the way, sorry, sorry. Well, I know what you're saying, and there is, to, to an extent, there is that, but you can play with it. You can push him right to the limits of, mm. you know what Roy, you know what Roy the Rover's limits are, and you can take him right to the edge of those limits and have him nearly fall over the limits. Like, for instance, in Sudden Death, he's angry. In the next graphic novel, after my novel, Sudden Death, um, there is, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but... There's a scene, there is, no, it, it, it's based around events that have been going on in football that are very worrying at the moment. And mm-hmm. Roy, calm, mild-mannered Roy, Roy Race, goes right to the edge of, of what his personality could possibly to do because he is so offended by this, this behaviour. And it's brilliant because it shows how a mild-mannered, you know, good boy can do what's right without completely losing it and so in a way writing him is being restricted by his sort of quite boring-ish character is is quite exciting because you do get to push him to the edge and it it shocks the reader more than it might if Rocky did something outrageous because that's what she does yeah although I was I was gonna say Walter White Tony Soprano uh Don Draper you've got all these anti-heroes of modern culture but Roy yeah. will never be an anti-hero. It'd be funny. <laughs> we could maybe do some sideline fiction. <laughs> oh, uh, you, there must be fanfic. Fan yeah. fiction. 